0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, September the 11th, 2022. It is currently 5.38 p.m. Central time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas, where we continue to search... Oh, we've been searching, we've been looking. I mean, we may need to turn this into a true crime uh, podcast series about help us find the missing enemies, help us find the clues to discover who are the enemies within the church, because so far they are missing. If you've been with us, you know that this series, Enemies Within the Church, all started because of a podcast called Understanding the Time. They did an ent- uh, one podcast episode. They did one. We've been reviewing it. It's now turned into whatever part this is, part four, part five, hours of broadcasting because in their one episode of Understanding the Times called Enemies Within the Church, they've been so supposedly identifying enemies within the church. And the more they supposedly identify, the more confused and baffled I become because I'm like, wait. You think that's the enemy within the church everyone needs to be concerned about? You think that's the issue? And the more I look for their so-called enemies within the church, not only do I not see what they are claiming is there, I'm I'm just, I'm baffled. So I'm still like, where, where are the enemies within the church? Now, me joking like that, because there's a little bit of joking there, does not mean that I don't believe that there are enemies within the church. Just so far in everything that we've reviewed, I don't think they've identified any enemy within the church and we are going to work to try to do that by the time this mini series comes to an end so if you haven't listened to part 1 part 2 part 3 i say how many parts are there part the the four parts if you haven't listened to part 1 part 2 part 3 part 4 please find the series enemies within the church the easiest way to find it is download the the church one app church o n e church o n e for apple or android once you download the app simply search for theology central Boom, make it, it, it becomes our app. Look for series and then look for enemies within the church. Please listen to all four because I think it's a very important series. Not only that, because one, you see what some people in Christianity are like, that's what we need to be on the lookout for. They are the enemy. And I'm thinking, while we're yelling that that's the enemy, we're being taken over, right? It's like, that's the enemy. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not the end. That's not the enemy. It's it's almost like Wait, I think I saw an ant in the house. We have an invasion of ants. We've got to do something about ants. And you're like, um, I don't know if you realize it, but there's like 5,000 acres have been burned uh, behind you and the fire is now at your front door and you're worried because you saw an ant. You saw an ant and you're worried about an ant invasion when 5,000 acres have burned behind you and now your, your front door is on fire and they're like, no, I don't worry about the, I don't worry, no, it's an ant. Well, they're pointing out things that you're like, wait, is that even an issue? So far, this is what we've heard. And I'm just going to summarize this and not go through everything because I want you to go back and listen to the previous parts. But according to them, the enemies within the church is Marxism and socialism. This is so baffling. I don't even know where to begin with that. I'm not going to go back to all of my refuting of that idea. But Marxism and socialism. If you believe that sexual orientation is a real (laughs) thing— You're an enemy within the church. And Albert Moeller is an enemy within the church because he dares to believe that sexual orientation is real. If you believe that Muslims have a right in the United States of America to build a mosque, and like you believe in their religious freedom, you are an enemy within the church. Oh, and and this is a good one. If you're what if you're someone who looks at their Bible and goes, wait a minute. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Jesus says, love your enemy. Jesus says to resist not evil. And you look at that and you're like, man. And, and the Bible says, thou shall not kill. And you look at some of these scriptures and you're like, how do I understand this tension with maybe the reality of war? And you struggle with that. And you're like, "What? Well, how do I understand how to love my enemy while possibly Supporting the dropping of a bomb on them. How, how do I s- understand the loving of my enemy with you know and with self defense and guns and all? And if you if you struggle with any of that, you are an enemy within the church. That's what we basically have gotten so far. It's more political than it is theological, and it looks to the, to me that anyone who doesn't th- this is basically what I've heard so far. If you don't agree with their political views. You're an enemy within the church because the only correct political view for Christianity is conservative Republican. And if you hold to any political views that do not align with a very conservative Republican viewpoint, you're an enemy within the church. That is, that, that to me is the frightening. What we found about in this series, Enemies Within the Church, is really now you're an enemy of, you're an enemy within the church if you hold to a political view that is not basically pro-America, Trump, Republican. You're an enemy within the church. And when the church now basically declares fellow Christians enemies because of their differing political views, Christianity is in a world of trouble. And I think that that's where we are. But we're not done reviewing. We've got 20 minutes left of audio and they're now getting ready to identify the next enemy within the church. And it's none other than that evil, evil, evil pastor, Timothy Keller. Now, I, if you if you listen to his sermons, you may not view him as such an enemy, but let's see what he has said. Now, maybe they're going to prove that he's an enemy within the church, and I have not caught it. I mean, I don't listen to every sermon that he preaches, but I've listened to some, and I, I maybe I don't agree with everything, but it, it, I mean, when you say someone is an enemy within the church, I mean... You're like, okay, we, we, we've we got to, there's something really, 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 really wrong here. So let's see what they have to say about Timothy Keller. Here we go.
0: And let's play this clip and come back and talk about it because you have a problem, as do I, with Pastor Tim Keller. Tim
2: Keller is probably the biggest operative pushing the evangelical church to the left. As a young man, he, all right, please note, they're playing a clip from this movie that's made called Enemies
1: Within the Church. He is one of the biggest, biggest people who are pushing the church to the left. Now, remember, you got to listen to these buzzwords. There was a time in Christianity when you talked about left or right, you were talking about a theological liberal, liberalism versus biblical or theological conservatism. But now, left and right is not being spoken of in theological terms. It's being spoken of in political terms. So Timothy Keller, Tim Keller, is now an enemy within the church because he's supposedly pushing the church to the left. Left theologically or left politically? Let's see what they identify how he's pushing the church to the left. And let's see, is it political or is it theological?
2: He was on the left. Tom Skinner talked about systemic oppression, racism in the United States, in policing and these kinds of things. And most importantly, taught Keller that the gospel itself that the fundamentalists had and the gospel of the social gospel needed to both be wedded together. And Tim Keller took that to heart. He listened to the lecture by Tom Skinner at Urbana 70 where he made this argument multiple times. He said it changed his world. Elward Ellis, his classmate at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, told Tim Keller that him and his girlfriend he was dating, who became his wife, essentially were racists. And the reason was, was because that they imposed, without thinking about any alternatives, their white societal norms and benefited from a system that allocated privilege to him. And so he listened to this and took it well and absorbed it. And then of course, Harvey Kahn, when he was at Westminster Theological Seminary, taught him kind of a new way to look at the Bible, a new hermeneutic called the hermeneutical spiral. And there's a synthesis between the two, between the audience interpretation and their world, and then the world of the authors of scripture. And that's. How- okay,
1: now let's stop right here. So it sounds like he's left mainly because he, they're claiming that he's adopted a social gospel, which we would definitely need to see. Hermeneutical spiral. Hermeneutical spiral. I am not quite familiar with this, or at least I don't think it is. Let's see if we can figure this out. Herm. We're going to have to come back to this hermeneutical spiral, hermeneutical spiral definition. Okay, here we go. The hermeneutical spiral, a comprehensive introduction to biblical interpretation. All right, uh, let's see here. trying to find out exactly there's a book on hermeneutical spiral that we may I may have to buy what is a hermeneutical spiral i'm going to save this we will make this a priority to come back and look at what a her- the hermeneutical spiral it's a new hermeneutic we're going to figure out exactly what this is, because is this a, look, if, the, if there's a new hermeneutical concept out there or an old hermeneutical concept that's kind of been dusted off and repackaged, we need to know what it is because if people are using that to interpret scripture, we need to be able to detect it. So in a, if we need to, we'll start another series called the hermeneutical spiral, and I will do everything in my power to unpack what it is, what it isn't and how to identify it and uh, so that we can help ourselves. Because, see, this is why I, even even when I disagree with something, I'm 38 minutes into a program that I've disagreed with almost everything in it so far, and all of a sudden they mention something like herma, the hermeneutical spiral, and I'm like, what is that? So now I, an hour of listening to something that I strongly disagree with, I've already now found something of great benefit. That's why I listen to so many different things. But we'll we'll have to see. Are you familiar with the hermeneutical spiral? what is it? What do we need to know about it? How do we identify it? And is it dangerous? I almost want to stop right there, but we will we will make this a priority. All right, let's continue. How you come up with meaning.
0: Okay, Pastor Gordon, talk to us a little bit here about how you've worked Tim Keller into the production.
3: Tim Keller is a man, I give you this illustration, when you use Venetian blinds on a window, you can turn that little rod and the angle of the blinds will change, and they will block out Mm -hmm. whatever degree of light you wish for them to block out, and you will see only a limited view of what's on the other side of the window. I truly believe men like Tim Keller believe themselves. I don't think he gets up in the morning and he says, I'm going to go deceive everybody and trick them into believing in Marxist or communitarian ideas. I think he really reads the Bible through his own Venetian blinds, that he openly, admittedly says he adapted and accepted long ago in his life. When he reads the scripture, he sees Jesus as some kind of benevolent socialist. Okay. He really believes that there is a way for Christian Marxism to help the world. And I think he's motivated by believing wrong ideas. And that's why he is so dangerous because he really believes it and he's gifted. He's a wonderful communicator. He's very loved by many, many people. But ultimately, if you dig down, he tells you in his own publications that he is essentially a communitarian, which is a word for socialist that doesn't draw so much fire and stigma as just saying, hey, I'm a socialist. I just believe in Christian socialism. I think Jesus was a socialist. He probably won't ever say that, but he'll call himself a communitarian.
1: So he'll never he'll never refer to them as a, as a Christian socialist, a communitarian is what he supposedly is. So basically, Timothy Keller, so really in a roundabout way, I don't know why they're bringing up Tim- Timothy Keller, because they've already argued supposedly Marxism and socialism is the enemy within the church. But Timothy Keller is the one pushing, I guess, Christian socialism. That's their claim. Now, they haven't really proven anything, they haven't really articulated anything, but that is their claim that Timothy Keller is a Christian socialist and we all are in danger. He's an enemy within the church. In fact, I'm—I don't believe he is. I, I'm almost positive he isn't. But let me just look. I'm just—I'm just curious. I, I am curious about something here. Let me look here. Uh, let's see. I don't think he is. No, okay. Uh, There's a critique of Timothy. There's eleven sermons. If you if you uh, if you go to uh, Sermons 2.0 and do a search for a critique of Timothy Keller, you get an eleven sermon series that was done in 2020. All right. So um, I'm. uh, This is interesting. Um, I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna copy this. I'm gonna put this in my notes. And maybe we'll we'll, a critique of Timothy Keller. So there are those who are critiquing Timothy Keller on Sermons 2.0. And there may be some issues there. There may be some issues there. It just seems bizarre of all the, like, the enemies within the church. It's Timothy Keller. But really, anyone who gets labeled a socialist, they're going to go after because they believe socialism is like the greatest enemy within the church. All right, here we go.
3: He is exploiting the desire in millennials between 25 and 40 years old. They believe Jesus was a socialist. They think socialism is good. They don't want capitalism. They don't want free markets in America. They're looking for political ways to change our country. Tim Keller has got a great dog whistle, and they're following him, and he's the Pied Piper leading us to destruction. So we have to call it out and say this is wrong. It's got to
1: stop. So Timothy Keller is the Pied Piper leading us to destruction. Uh, Timothy Keller's the Pied Piper, leading us to destruction. He's the enemy within the church. Of all the things going on in Christianity, Timothy Keller is leading us to destruction because he's going with these people who don't like capitalism and don't like the free market society and may want a more socialistic society. And that's what Christians need to be fighting. I mean, didn't you realize that that's like, it's right there in scripture, go forth and stand against false teachers who promote socialism. It, it's, it's right there. I mean, because, I mean obviously the Bible is a pro-American economy. I mean, clearly. I mean, the Bible would not support an economic system that's not American. I mean, right? I mean,
0: okay. Again, the product is Enemies Within the Church. It's a DVD, a couple hours. It's in my online store, olivetreeviews.org. You can learn more. You can find it at enemieswithinthechurch.com, enemieswithinthechurch.com. I am talking for the hour with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach, Sioux City, Iowa, who is, I would say, the primary spokesman in the film. And you told me, Kerry, that not only did you not get paid for this film project, instead you've received a lot of grief, you've lost some friends.
1: So for Timothy Keller to be such an enemy, leading us to destruction— they don't spend much time on him. They play no clips of Timoth- Timothy Keller actual words. And they don't get, they claim that he says things in his own documents and own right. But they don't quote, give us a quote. They'll give us a page. They give us, they just made accusation after accusation after accusation. And nothing. <laughs> you have to, I mean, if he is such an enemy, you think you would have dedicated more than three minutes to him. I mean, I mean, it's not hard to find Timothy Keller sermons all over, all, all, I mean, it's not hard to find. In fact, I believe you can just go, I could be wrong. Let me see. I'm going to go to the app store. Uh, I'm just going to type in Timothy Keller. I'm just going to type in Tim. uh, I'm going to put Timothy Keller. May not be able to work. Oh, uh, or Tim Keller. I always refer him to Timothy Keller. So there it is. Uh, the Gospel in Life Redeemer Presbyter- uh, Presbyterian Church. Tim Keller and Redeemer Sermons. There's an app, so you can download the app really quick. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit get really quick. Um, I'm gonna hit install. There we go. I'm gonna download the app to my iPad. Gospel in Life. Tim Keller and Redeemer Sermons. And uh, and, and that, that that's how quickly. So, I mean, obviously, if finding his content is not hard. So it should not be difficult to prove that he's a socialist and he's, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll review some Tim Keller sermons just to see, because these are the accusations being made. But I just like how quickly they're like, boom, he's one of the greatest enemies. And let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, oh, buy, buy the DVD. Buy the DVD.
0: So obviously you're doing this because. In your mind, you're trying to stand for truth and righteousness and purity within the gospel, etc.?
3: Absolutely. I've been in the ministry for 28 years. I love Jesus. I love the church. There's this thing that happens when you're a pastor with social media. Men you would never allow to stand in your pulpit on a Sunday morning and teach error have complete, total access to all of the people in your local church that God has made you a caretaker of and a protector of. So there's this free flow of error and misinformation and misleading things that I can clearly see as a shepherd will harm Hmm. God's people. Strangely enough, when you want to try to bring some correction to this public free flow of error, the correction is not welcomed. (laughs) The correction is vilified. The corrector, someone like me or any of these other men in the film, there's sort of this assumption, oh, they're just bomb throwers, they're angry, they're tinfoil hats. But the truth is the men we interviewed for this film and myself, these men love America and they love Jesus. They love the church and they want nothing more than to help the body of Christ thrive because we want people to come to their senses, to come to Jesus, to repent of their sins, to be forgiven and understand what it means to be born again and to have that wonderful relationship with God that Jesus came to give us. When you're using the social justice gospel, which is a perversion of the true gospel, you're telling the world you're a victim and everyone has done some kind of wrong to you and they all need to repent to you. In direct contrast with the real gospel, which is Jesus was the greatest victim in all of history and you are not a victim. You're actually the villain. It was your sins, personally committed, that contributed to putting him on a cross and murdering him And you need to repent to Father God for what you did to his son. You can't get a more stark contrast, maybe except from heaven and hell. When you look at the true gospel and what is being taught by these people that are teaching everyone, you're a victim, everyone should repent to you. And by the way, you can almost never get forgiven if you repent to a social justice warrior. I'm so sorry, I'm white, and a hundred years ago, maybe one of my relatives was a slave owner. I'm Mm. so sorry, they'll never forgive you. But the true gospel... We all contributed to the murder of the Son of God, and we do get forgiveness. We get total forgiveness. We get lifted up out of the muck and the mire and the mud, and we get called an adopted child of God. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. It's why I live. It's why I do what I do as a pastor. I think all the men in this movie feel the same way. We've got to get back to the true gospel because it's the only hope for the world, much less America.
0: You also take a very close look at some other seminaries and Bible colleges that are simply infiltrated by, we're going to be blunt folks, by communists. The Christian college and university as an industry, as an organization, is compromised.
3: There are very few Christian schools that I would even recommend that people consider these days. Because again, a wolf in sheep's clothing is dangerous, but a wolf in shepherd's clothing is deadly. In many ways today, I'd rather send my kids off to a state institution where at least you know the wolves are wolves and prepare the kid accordingly than send them off to a Christian institution that is nothing but a wolf in shepherd's clothing. We need to be very careful.
0: That is a very profound clip. It's from the movie Enemies Within the Church. My ministry carries it, and you can learn more at enemieswithinthechurch.com, olivetreeviews.org.
1: Okay, it's a commercial about every 15 minutes. But okay, all right, they're selling the DVD. Wonderful. All right, so Tim Keller, I refer to him as Timothy Keller, but Tim Keller, he's an enemy. And now Bible colleges, basically all Christian colleges. I mean, basically he says, "There's, I'd rather send my child to a state school. So I guess all Christian colleges have been infiltrated with communists. All Christian colleges and seminaries have been infiltrated with communists. There's the enemy within the church, seminaries who are filled with communists. So it's it's not <laughs> theological issue. It's communism is the issue. It's Marxism, socialism, communism. That Those are the three enemies within the church, basically according to what we've been listening to for now all these hours. This is what they believe is the enemy within the church. And I am baffled at how this has become— uh, how. Wh- how can we not see the, the real issues within the church? But let's see what they have to say. We're almost done.
0: Go to our store. Carrie, I want you to tell the story briefly, and that we are down to a few minutes left here. The story that you bring out in the film, which is gripping, would be that of a First Baptist Church of Naples, Florida, because race seemed to be the key element In the, well, not implosion, but near implosion of that church. 700 left the church over this incident. 19 people were excommunicated from First Baptist Naples for racism. Hundreds voted against an incoming black pastor. They felt he was not qualified, had nothing to do with race. And you interviewed many of these individuals. And this is all the effects of this horrific critical race theory.
1: Okay, so communism is in the colleges. They don't name the colleges or tell us how it's there. Right, so they move on. Now Now, First Baptist Church in Naples, Florida, that has been overrun run with crit- <laughs> critical race theory. Oh, I have to laugh. I have to laugh. Everything's critical. If anything happens with race, it's critical race theory. Nobody could probably even spell critical race theory, and you could give them a book. Like, this book has critical race theory. This is just a book that is against racism and thinks racism is bad and talks about the history of racism in the United States of America, and you give them the book, and and most likely they, they would identify the... That's critical race theory. No, that's just called teaching on racism. I know that if we say... Slavery is bad. Racism is bad. No, no, no. And it, there's been systemic racism in the United States, no, 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 no. That's critical. Anything is critical race theory. Now, now we. Uh, what happened at that church? We could probably go and try to unpack the controversy that happened there. But the bottom line is, are you telling me that there were people sitting around with critical race theory textbooks, which is a very academic theory? And I, Everyone, everything is critical race theory now. Everything. It's just insane. And typically, and whenever you challenge, oh, I've studied critical race theory. Like, let me see the books. Let's talk about what you've studied. You watch some YouTube videos and think you're an expert, but okay, okay. Let's see what they have to say about critical, because I'm assuming critical race theory is the last enemy within the church.
0: Because it tried to make the church woke. What happened there?
3: What happened there was... Very obvious to us after we interviewed all of the people who were excommunicated and everyone who had been accused of racism on a public national level, by the way. After looking at all the evidence, not only was there not a single case of racism involved in anything that had to do with that, what happened was a woke pastor who is a progressive and who happened to have a dark melanin in their skin rose up and tried to get the senior pastorate position. They were heavily pushed by the Southern Baptist Convention to take over one of the most powerful and thriving Southern Baptist churches in the United States in one of the richest areas of the United States, politically one of the most influential areas in the swing state of Florida. And it seemed to have direct political implications. The Southern Baptist Convention sent an operative to take the church. He was wholly unqualified by all of the rules of qualifications of all candidates to take the position after the retirement of the previous pastor. And he didn't meet any of the qualifications, so these people voted no. Plus, they saw on his social media that he was aggressively promoting Black Lives Matter, which is a gross, Marxist, hard-left organization that frankly blasphemes Jesus and those kinds of things rose even more red flags that clearly he was not the right person for the job. They were accused of racism, totally slandered. I'll give you two examples, two of the people I interviewed. One of them is this beautiful old man and his wife. Come to find out that 25 or 30 years ago, he had such compassion on orphans in Africa that he went and started an orphanage, personally with his wealth, very wealthy man, paid for all of the children, to be educated, brought them up until they became adults, paid for their college educations, helped them find their spouses and attended their weddings. He is called Papa this day when he goes back to Africa. All these beautiful African people call him Daddy. He loved these African people, used his own money, brings up a whole generation of orphans. They're now successful adults. they accused him of being a racist. Another example, this is how preposterous it is, a law enforcement officer and his wife were accused of racism. Turns out they're foster parents, mm. and they have red, yellow, black, and white children in their house that they love as their own, and they say, we're all of one race, we all have red blood. And These are the types of people sure. that were accused of racism. So it was another coup d'etat, an attempt to take a strong strategic position in the political war of America by putting in a woke, hard-left pastor into a position in a very conservative church, and the people said no, and then they were punished for saying no.
0: How did it turn out? Did the pastor get in? Or he
3: did not get in, he did not failed, and then I don't think they still have a senior pastor to this day. The church has been destroyed. It was a thriving church reaching people for Jesus on a regular basis with wonderful new membership, constantly evangelizing, doing so well. That beautiful work that I'm sure has grieved Jesus yes. has been destroyed, and now it's dwindled down to just a few hundred people, and the God sheep have been scattered to the four winds.
0: Again, folks, this is critical race theory in action.
1: Uh, they can say it's critical race theory all day. My question is, this raises serious questions about church discipline. Were, were the people who were disciplined? Was the discipline lifted? Like, what happened? Like, this talks about a lot of the— the internal, because there's been lots of controversies lately in regards to church discipline, right? MacArthur disciplining a woman whose husband was abusive, and then come to find out she conti- she gets excommunicated. The husband goes to prison for sexual abusing the children. The church seems to support the husband who's in prison, and the woman stays excommunicated, and they never apologize or lift her excommunication. So there's we, we could get into a whole serious issue of how does church discipline work and like problems with that. But it sounds like that church blew up for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And so we can talk about it. Was it, was it critical race theory? I mean, they're, they're pointing directly to that. Or was it like people had their own political agendas, political agenda outweighed theological concerns and concerns for the church. All right. Let's, let's listen to the rest of this. It is social
0: justice in action. Play one more clip.
3: Have you seen the infiltration of the social justice gospel in your school?
4: Absolutely. I've seen a real shift at Southern Seminary. Let's say in the last five to six years, there's been a a real shift toward the left. And so again, we have guys teaching postmodernism, social justice, and of course, critical race theory. And you hear all the buzzwords. This is coming from the very top. So you have people like Matt Hall, who is now the second person. He's the provost. He teaches textbook critical race theory using all the buzz terms, using all the concepts. Which is total heresy. You cannot take a secular doctrine, combine it with scripture, without distorting and perverting the gospel. It's absolutely impossible. He'll say, I don't believe in critical race theory, but go look at the videos, they're readily available. And by the way, in a meeting, Al Mohler himself started using the very vocabulary and he meant it. He talked about the problems of whiteness, and white privilege. White privilege. Yeah, absolutely. And then he started talking about systemic racism. And then finally, one of the last things he said, he said, Marxism has insights. And he said that in- how Moller said this. Yes. Marxism has insights. That's right. And remember the context. He's already using the word whiteness as if he's accepting it. At another faculty meeting earlier in that year, he said, listen, I don't agree with all the solutions that critical race theory offers for the racial problems. But they are seeing the problems correctly. Therefore, what he's saying is there's a problem with whiteness. There's a problem with white privilege. He's agreeing with how they're seeing the problems of society. We need to see things. How does the Bible see things? Not critical race theory.
0: The film makes a case that the term...
1: All right, so... Uh, Southern Seminary and Albert Moeller once again pointed out as enemies teaching heresy. So Southern Seminary is teaching heresy. Now, please note, they're on the Sermons 2.0 app, both the seminary and Dr. Albert Moeller, now they claim he's making, the, he, he's making these statements, they give us no context, they don't give us the actual audio clip, they don't, supposedly in these videos, are there's videos out there that don't tell us where to find the videos, they don't tell us the name of the videos, they don't give us the dates of the they give us no actual proof, they just make accusations, but once again, they believe that the enemy within the church that we have to be worried about, Marxism and socialism, social justice, and critical race theory, those are the big ones, according
0: to them, that's
1: destroying the church yeah it's let, let's let's wrap this up
0: from woke w-o-k-e actually stands for willfully overlooking known evil woke willfully overlooking known evil again the film enemies within the church find out more olive tree or enemies within the church.com i've been talking for the hour. Notice the hour was uninterrupted. I felt it should not be interrupted because of the seriousness of the content. And I wanted to emphasize the particular product that we're emphasizing as well, not for financial gain. I'm not interested in that, but because of the content that it might be able to inform you how, again, this whole leftist agenda, as Trevor Loudon has so articulately shown in other films has infiltrated Washington and other governments of the world. Well, it's also infiltrated the church and our seminaries, our Bible schools. So, Pastor Kerry Gordon, let's look at what is the answer. I'm down to roughly three, four minutes here. How do you recommend we fix the woke problem? Obviously, it'd be nice. We could get rid of critical race theory, social justice, the promotion of LGBTQ, probably two dozen other issues. How would you go about doing that?
3: Essentially, ministers are called to do two things. We're to preach the true gospel that's given to us in the scripture. And in order to promote and positively preach that message, we also have to be willing to defend it from perversions of counterfeit messages that are not the true gospel. We have to do both, and when you talk about that, it makes me think of Melanchthon, and he was eulogizing Martin Luther, who brought correction at one point in our church's history during the Protestant Reformation, and Martin Luther had died and he was eulogizing him, and I have a quote. He said, Some expressed a suspicion that Luther was too severe in his critiques. I quote Erasmus by saying, because of the magnitude of disorders in this current age, God has sent us a violent physician. And I think that God is moving in our midst. I believe that God called us to do this film. I believe it was an assignment from the Lord that I had to obey and to do. Even though-
1: That's the go-to. Hey, I'm criticizing all these people making all these accusations because God told me to. God told me to make all these accusations against these people because, well, and uh, and God told me to do it, and He told me to sell it. Now, supposedly, this person didn't make any money from it, but I, again, I just always find it interesting that you could probably just post your video online, right, for free. But, but you know, there you go. But all right, um, let's just—he's let, not really giving us any serious solutions. Let's let's see how he finishes it.
3: It did cost me friendships sure. has not always been pleasant and I have taken no funds for it. I didn't want anyone to accuse me of being in a Hollywood film. It was actually post-produced in Hollywood. I didn't want anyone to be able to say, I just did it for the money. So I said right up front, I will not accept a salary. I will not be paid. I gave three and a half years because I love Jesus and I love everybody listening to the show. I love America. I love every sinner. I want all of you to repent. I want everyone to come to the cross. I don't care what you've done. You can be forgiven if you'll repent. That's the message. That's why we did it. And that-
1: okay, so they're not going to really give us much. That 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 is their concluding discussion about the enemies within the church. It's taken us almost five hours to make it through this. Um, not what I, I when remember. I don't review the audio first when I decide to review audio on 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 the air because I like it to be real organic. So when I saw, oh, Understanding the Times just dropped a new podcast episode, and they're going to talk about enemies within the church, I'm like, okay, they're going to talk about this theological issue, and this problem, and this problem, and this problem. And then it turned into Marxism, socialism, sexual orientation, if 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 you believe Muslims can build a mosque, you're your enemy, if you struggle with the Jesus saying, turn the other cheek and love your enemy. Uh, you know, Albert Moeller, Tim Keller, the, these are enemies within the church. They're destroying the church. Every Christian college, basically. I wouldn't even send my kid to a Christian college. They're all communists. Um, it was not the direction it was going to go. If it would have went the direction I thought it was going to go, I probably wouldn't even reviewed most of it. I ended up reviewing all of this because I wanted to identify all of their so-called enemies. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're still working on coming up with what we think are three Main enemies within the church. If you, disag- if, you, if you disagree with me, I mean, here's your opportunity. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com and go, here are the three enemies within the church. You cannot deny them. I will consider them, but I'm going to try to put together a list of three and we will talk about them. We still will look at this uh, idea of the hermeneutical the hermeneutical spiral because supposedly this is a false hermeneutic that I guess is going to destroy the church. We're going to figure out what that is. We may do some sermon reviews of Tim Keller, um, just because, well, he's supposed to be an enemy of the church. We may review some sermons of Albert Moeller, since he's an enemy with the church. And we may review some uh, chapel lectures from a southern seminary, since it's it's supposedly an enemy of the church. So they they gave us some names. They didn't really do much to prove any of their accusations, but they made some serious accusations. So uh, we may just review some of them, just, uh, well... Just just because we want, I mean, if you're going to make an accusation against someone, let's let those people speak for themselves, right? So we will see how dangerous that is. So there's the enemies identified by understanding the times. We'll try to identify what we think are three key enemies within the church. And we'll see what the possible solutions are, right? There you go. You can email me news, if, at yahoo.com. I know that was a little anticlimactic, but it, it's anticlimactic because I think their entire podcast episode was anticlimactic because I don't think they really identified the enemies within the church. I mean, some of the things they're talking about, I, I'm just, I'm sorry, that's not the enemy within the church. It's not. I, I'm I'm sorry. It's just I, 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 I'm not saying that they may not be issues, but in most churches, many of those issues that they're pointing to are going to completely impact and destroy our churches that have already abandoned the gospel. So that's not the issue. And, and most conservative churches, biblical churches, I don't think those are the enemies inside. I, I just, I really don't. I think, I think that they're looking at things from a political lens, not a theological lens, but you can let me know what you think. News, at yahoo.com. I'm going to stop for now, eat some food. Maybe I'll do one more thing tonight. We will see. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.